Welcome to North Dakota After Dark. Uh, I am very proud to announce that we have checked both boxes and that we are in North Dakota and it is after dark. And we'd like to welcome everyone, welcome everyone to episode 23, It's Official, featuring Josh Brown. Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's uh, This should be uh, entertaining for some people? Question <laughs> yeah. mark? Right, yeah, right. Excellent <laughs> question mark. Here. That's, uh, that's a very popular... <clears throat> the question mark gets a lot of use around here. So okay. <laughs> um, we have, uh, we've been trying with limited success uh, to get a hockey official on for a while. So now, now we've fulfilled that. I appreciate uh, your background. So it really sells it. We don't need to use subtitles. People know that you are the official. And uh, again, excited to have you on and talk a little bit about uh, some of your experiences. And, and as I said before, really just let Corey grill you while Kelly and I watch. Well, and I, I really wanted to make sure that I set my phone up correctly so that you can actually see the official's jersey behind my back. Yeah. That's hanging yeah. on the wall. Right. So that's perfect, perfect product placement, I'd say. <laughs> so with, with all these backgrounds of like, you know, baseball jerseys, hockey jerseys, and refing jerseys, do I need to get like my high school football jersey, put it into a frame, and then like bring my, you know, 1994 state class B nine man championship ring out just so I can be with the crew? Only, only if that football jersey has a bunch of blood stains on it. Actually, oh. one of them does. <laughs> but that's because you know me, Josh. <laughs> Oh, this? That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Not a big deal. Class B, nine man. Still a thing. <laughs> well, apparently Class B basketball has been a big thing. At least it was in the Moms podcast. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess to tease that out, we're, we're hoping uh, as long as her representatives get back to us to have Jess Gowan on for a, for a solo episode just so we can do a little, a deeper dive into what Jess has to say about Class B sports. I, I would love that because I loved her. Um, she's fantastic. The fact she wore the helmet the whole podcast. The whole time. Yeah. I, that told me right there, <laughs> she's a person I liked. Yeah. I didn't need to know anything else. But it actually sounded like from the podcast. So like so most of the podcast, I was just listening because I was taking the dog for the walk in the morning. And I couldn't see what was happening. But it sounds like she actually wore that helmet just in general all the time while she was driving down the streets. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can multi-purpose. Yeah. Well, right. As, as she described, it is a multi-purpose sport helmet, so she was using it as intended. So she was being safe. Right, right. You know, as Corey likes to say, safety third. Right. Yep. <laughs> or sometimes not at all. Perfect. Um, before we get too deep into this, what's everybody drinking? I noon. So, I just got a, a regular old Coors Latte. Hey, that's okay. This is, uh, I brought back an old favorite. This is the 12-year Bushmills. It's fantastic. And I've got, uh, I'm going to try and, I'd like this just to be known as the Cory. It's the Fresca and Whiskey. It's delicious, Kyle. You're going to be an addict, I told you. Uh, yeah. I am going to get Matt to try this because it screams something he would like. It just, yeah. it has that vibe. Yep. Doesn't it kind of scream like you like whiskey, but you also like wearing lady shoes? Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good way to put that. So that's Thank why you. I think. Yeah. That's a perfect it's for Matt. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, later in the segment, I will, once I'm through this whiskey, I will be trying. Kyle dropped off a new beer for me. It's called Yup Light. It's from Canada. Oh. Uh, I can't believe this would be any good. Try it. I think Matt well, liked his. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. So we can have a compare and contrast episode here, too. Um, so since Corey apparently has no questions for you, Josh, uh, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, what you do in hockey vis-a-vis the, uh, officialdom? Well, so I'm actually done officiating, okay. which is, which everybody probably appreciates to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I started reffing when I was 10 years old. Oh, wow. And, nice. uh, somehow figured out very early on, which was probably somehow smart, even though I'm not the smartest guy in the world, that that was probably my best career path on the ice because yeah. the player side was, uh, I knew what to do, but the execution wasn't always there. Um, so, but really, really my refing career took off once I got to college, went to school down in Mankato and uh, met up with some of the, the guys down there as I started refing that first fall. And they talked about all the different opportunities that are actually available within officiating and all that kind of stuff. So went from, you know, I went to college down there in 2002 and started refing right away. And my, my inauguration into refing once I left Grand Forks was I went to the, so with officiating, when you're officiating kids hockey, you have to go in and do a retest and go to seminars and rescape and do all that stuff every year. They've actually made some adjustments to that the last handful of years, which is really good for the people that are still doing it. So I went in and I did all that stuff. So I'd been, you know, officiating for, you know, eight years or so by the time that I went down there, went down, went to the seminar, you know, connected obviously with the guys that were instructing the seminar. And after that, day and a half of officiating seminaring and taking tests and doing all that kind of stuff. The top guys kind of said, Hey, you look like, you know what you're doing. You're new here. Let's see if you really know what you're doing. So, so my, uh, my introduction to Southern Minnesota officiating was go to the seminar, be there. The guys go, okay, how about you come with us to, uh, Gus Davis and, and work the, uh, the black and gold game, which was their inner squad scrimmage game. And what would that have been? Probably September or October or whatever before their season started. And so it was the two guys. And one of the guys was the president of the association. Another guy was been there for a long time. And they're like, Hey, you come with us. We're going to rough and you're going to line for us. We'll see if you really know what the heck you're doing kind of deal. And uh, so during that game, they uh, initiated me is maybe the best way to say it by, uh, one of the teams was shorthanded and they decided to ice the puck and the referee, one of the referees, I can't remember if it was Ethan or Mike that was standing basically 20 feet in front of me. So I couldn't see the guy taking a slap shot to ice the puck down the ice and the referee moved out of the way and I took it right in the ribs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, Good that kind of hurts. Yeah. 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 So, but after that, we got in the locker room. They apologized, I think, while laughing at the same time and went, okay, this kid knows what he's doing to a certain extent. And it kind of just took off from there. So, 
So is, is that considered so then, pretty hazing? Is that did it go that far? It's it's probably hazing, but I mean, in the officiating community, I could go in a really dark hole, but I'm not yeah, going to go there. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, we we can we can get we can get to that dark hole a little little bit later, but okay. uh, but basically, it was okay. The kid knows what he's doing. We can actually put this kid on games and uh, teach him a few things and and let him kind of run, kind of deal. And so, so it was really great because honestly. I really didn't know what the opportunities of officiating were prior to going down there. And they talked about there's all these camps that you can go to. So Minnesota has a officiating camp in the summer that they do up at St. Cloud. And then there's regional camps that you can go to where it's basically the whole Western side of the country that all meet up at Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan to go to this officiating camp and they have higher officiate officials watching you and evaluating you and doing all those things. And then after that, if you do good enough, you can go on to a national camp, which is out in New York and that's the whole country. And you kind of put all these guys in a, in a pot kind of deal. So, so I was fortunate enough to do well enough to go from them not thinking that I knew what the hell I was doing to within a couple of years, I went to regional camp up in Sault Ste. Marie got to work the championship game, which is all kind of merit-based throughout the week. You're there for five days, and the top guys work the championship game. So I got to work the championship game. And then subsequently, the next year, I got to go to national camp out in Rochester, New York, and went there. And when we're out in New York, it's all NHL guys that are the evaluators. So those are NHL referees and linesmen that are out there watching you do what you do. And funny enough, it was actually – the year that would have been probably like 2007, I think. And it was the year they tried to start to incorporate, Hey, can we do some of these other rules? So when the, when they have these camps, so like the New York one was all the top under 18 players in the country. They all go to Rochester, New York, play in a tournament. We officiate it. We get evaluated. The players are getting evaluated to try to make these top teams. And they go, okay, so here's what we're thinking we want to do for officials within USA Hockey. And two things that stuck out of my mind at that that are really incorporated today is, one, we're going to call a way tighter game than we used to call. Like, there actually used to be four criteria that had to be met for you to call a penalty. And they went, yeah, we're going to go away with that, and it's going to be, if this happens, you call a penalty. And so there were they played halves. So it was two halves of a game. I mean, there was 20 minute halves where we would call 15 penalties in a 20 minute half. And they, and then we'd get evaluated and they go, you missed six more. It's like, what do you, what do you want me to do? Like, hello. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing that they incorporated was starting this whole, you can't ice the puck on the penalty kill deal. Mm. Well, I still think that they need to go back because I think that rule is complete yeah. garbage. I also hate that rule. I'm so glad you hate it because I hate that rule. It, it's horrible. Like, I understand the intent behind it, but it's not hockey. Like, the higher levels aren't going to change the rules, so why are we trying to incorporate that well, down yeah. here? Yeah, I know. But, I agree. But I will say, you know, again, these are the top under-18 kids that are at this camp, Right. So it actually didn't take them long to figure out, hey, I can chip this off the glass and not just fire it down the ice and still change and do all that kind of stuff. So 
so we got to do all of that kind of fun stuff. So, so after all those camps, then you kind of get evaluated by all your evaluators. There's junior hockey guys that are there and you start working in the junior system and all that kind of stuff. And, and eventually you, you keep working your way up, but like, you know, for me, kind of where things kind of split ways, so to speak, I guess is what I would say is I went to all these camps. I did really good. They really wanted, liked me. They wanted me to keep going. But the, the crazy thing is they would, they would tell you at the camp, which is great because they're being honest, but was, Hey, so here's the deal. Like right now at this national camp, you are within the top 0.05% of all officials in the country. But once you continue your career and keep moving up, it's a lot of a timing thing, right? So, you know, the guys that are the top officials in the American League Hockey League, which is right underneath the NHL, are just as good as the guys that are ref in the NHL. But they need to get the opportunity to ultimately ref in the NHL. And that usually takes a retirement or an injury or whatever because guys don't get fired in the NHL. So it's like, I appreciate what you're telling me, but basically what you're telling me is that this is kind of a crapshoot. Like, it doesn't matter how good I actually am. Like, I may or may not get an opportunity to get there. And so after that camp, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I kept officiating for a number of years after that, but it was like the dream of of officiating in NHL. I had gotten engaged to my now current wife and all that kind of stuff. And it was just like, you know what? I don't think I'm really up for the crapshoot of this but I still want to keep officiating. And so after that went back home after I told the guys and they were all very disappointed and argued with me and tried to convince me that that was a bad decision and all the things to, to stop kind of trying to go down that path. But, but then I got into college hockey and worked in the WCHA for about 10 years um, and really enjoyed that. And then it was just kind of like, you know, my kids are old enough. I'm in a rink enough. I don't need to be running around the country and, and, you know, still officiating. So so it's been about, well, it was really right after the COVID season that I kind of said, you know what, I don't need all this COVID protocol stuff. Oh, I'm going to call yeah. her a day. I'm out. Yeah. Geez, yeah. Um, do they, and you don't have to say specifically what you make because if, if that's too personal, but is the compensation good at the college level? Do they pay well for refing? So the compensation at the college level is actually really good. So, I mean, it is, I mean, it's, you can't really like, it can't be your only job, but I mean, yeah. the, the top guys at the college level, especially on the men's side, like, I mean, the guys that are roughing that have the, the, the orange bands on every week they're if they're working on a consistent basis, I mean, they're, they make somewhere around 700 bucks a game plus yeah, their per diem. So, but at the end of the day, it probably equates to, you know, if you work all the way through the season and work playoffs and that kind of thing, you maybe make 40, 50 grand. I mean, I guess that could be your job, but yeah. that's probably not what you're looking for. Right. right. But, but the guys at the higher levels, like that was one of the things, right? Like, so when we went to these camps, like one of the things that they talked about is here's the income opportunity. Like if you're, and this was, you know, we're going on almost 20 years ago now, like linesman, like incoming salary, as a linesman in NHL is about 250 grand and a referee was about uh, 400 grand. Right. <laughs> That's why so, I, mean, I did. So they make, yeah. So, I mean, they make good money, but again, there's 88 officials in the NHL 88. So like, 
you talk about how hard it is to be an NHL player. Well, if there's, you know, 25 guys on a roster and there's 30 teams, right? You're talking 700 players. We're talking 88 officials. For the whole league. How do you find 88 blind dudes that can officiate at the NHL? Oh, fuck right <laughs> off. Miles. I knew I'm that sorry, was going to come from Corey. I listened carefully for like the five minutes and I pretended to be awake for the whole thing. You got to give me some. <laughs> Supposed to be a friendly <laughs> podcast, Corey. So, so here's, here's the good thing for the podcast is that I actually – had to meet up uh, with someone be prior to the podcast that um, some of you might know, and we might have had a few beers before that. So this this could get dark. Right. That's really We're what here we. For it. That's what we signed up for. Uh, yeah. Last episode was really <laughs> it was like a high level discussion for us, and I was so disappointed in in really in everybody, and especially way too reasonable. Yeah. Uh, so you started as a ten year old. Any uh, yep. how how did that? That's it seems awfully young. Yeah. Now super young with all of us having having twelve year old like you know they can't look after themselves let alone a, a hockey game. So how did uh, did, did you have a uh, an epiphany about getting into it? it? Was just a little bit of money, just wanting to be involved. You know, to be honest, I don't really know exactly why I said I wanted to start doing it, but I will tell you. I'm super happy that I did start doing it. So actually my son started repping when I think he was 11 and he's been doing it and, and he likes doing it. I think he likes it more for the money than anything else. But, yeah. um, but, but one of the things that I thought as a, as a 10 year old, maybe not as a 10 year old, maybe a couple of years after doing it as, you know, maybe a 12 year old was, I thought it was the, the best thing in the world where I had the authority to kick out a 30 or 40 or 50 year old coach <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was great. Uh, what is the minimum age currently to be a ref? Well, so how it works, right? So you you can't, you have, like, you cannot ref anything that's your same age, right? So, like, if you're uh-huh. 10, you can only really ref, what would that be, mites? Because if you're 10, you're squirts? Yeah. 10 or 11? Um, <laughs> so you have to, you, you can't work the same age that you are. Now, obviously as you get older, that starts to change because eventually the players become almost as old as you are to a certain extent. Um, but that, that's kind of the, the, the deal is that you have to ref an age group younger than what you're playing at. But, but I will tell you, like, if you start young, the great thing. And so like, this is really what I learned when I went to Mankato, right. Was that, well, I've been doing it for eight years. So I knew what I was doing already. It is. And I tell parents and kids this all the time. It is a hundred percent the best college job that any kid can have. So, yeah. like, if you enjoy hockey and you like it, and but you're not going to be playing at a college level and that kind of thing, if you can get into roughing, the best part is that it's typically all cash. You get paid pretty well. Like a high school game, I don't know what they make now, but I mean, when I was doing it again, this is twenty years ago. We, if I ref the high school game in Mankato, and if you ref the JV game and the varsity game you're making 175 bucks, 200 bucks for the night. And then it's a high school game, right? So you're done by 10 o'clock at night at the latest, yeah, probably right. 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Your buddies don't go out till 10, 10, 30. So you didn't miss anything. And you, now you have a pocket full of cash. Right. Right. That's a really good point. Um, so 
Oh, go ahead, Kyle. No, I. Th this is. We'll have to let everybody have a couple more drinks first, because I was going to try and go dark right away. So, Corey. Oh no! Oh, no, I, I was just going to ask Josh. Did, so, did refing make you a belligerent jerk, or were you just born that way? No, I was just born that way. Okay. <laughs> hence, hence, at age 10, 11, or twelve, I wanted to kick out coaches that were thirty or forty years old. I like it. So, so just just so everyone knows who doesn't know Josh and my relationship. So I met Josh when our uh, oldest, uh, well, Josh's only boy, my oldest boy, uh, wanted to play travel baseball. And I was uh, rooked into coaching that team by Jason Almer. And it, when we were at the meeting, we said, hey, do any other dads have uh, baseball experience? And that's how I met Josh. And Josh uh, became a coach. And Josh and I coached baseball from their 9U through last season. So we've known each other for a lot of time. I've had the pleasure of sharing a dugout with him. And he's got way too many stories on me. So I'm going to be very, <laughs> very careful this evening. There's a pretty he, good chance that the best story that I know that you know what the best story is, is going to come out at some point. Yeah, but I, I got some bench minor stories when you were still coaching that I could bust out from, you know, Fort Gary. See, but, but I have no shame. <laughs> Treat this like a confessional and just <laughs> spill it. Yeah. Okay? We love it. Um, so Josh, well, I, love, I love that it can, you wanted to kick out dads because that's kind of one of the, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, one thing that's so hard is that I get so pissed off when we at our our boys' age, um, when they we have young refs and the coaches bully them. Yeah. I hate it. I, I absolutely hate it because I think, you know, these kids are trying to learn. Um Correct. they're they're here, they are the official. And we had a we played against a team would have been two years ago because it was Jets. Oh boy. Here. Yeah, this was Fargo. And so we had one of our players, um, one of our players got hit. Um, then he, the, the coach, or, or excuse me, sorry, the ref called it. Our player retaliated. So he called the retaliation and it was both the boys were going to go to the box because there was the initial cheap hit then the retaliation. So it was going to be them both. So the players start going and the Fargo coach we had two young refs that probably were about 14 apiece. Yeah. And the coach from the Fargo team goes, no, our player's not taking a penalty on that. Come back to the bench right now. And these refs are standing there and they're like, um, no, I, the original penalty was called on him. And so it's, it's both. And Fargo coach goes, no, it's not. It's them. And we're not having a penalty. And I'm going to tell you, he told his player to come back to the box and then told the refs, keep the game going. And they, these two poor teenage boys looked at each other like, what do we even do here? And they just kept the game going. And it was wild. And I was so upset about it because I was like, these kids didn't come here to have you undermine them or be mean to them or intimidate them. They're trying to call a safe game here. And it was, it, it should have been both. I mean, it was, it was, a, they were two blatantly obvious calls, you know, like it, um, but that coach said, nope, oldest player to get back on the bench and said, carry on. 
Yeah. So, so I, I would tell you, I would tell you two things about that. So like one, so when I'm watching a game today, my biggest, so my two biggest pet peeves are one, you don't berate younger officials, especially at a younger level, right? They're learning just like your players are learning. Like half of your players don't know what offsides are. Why are you bitching at the ref for calling offsides incorrectly? Like, come on. Right. And then the second one is more of a local story and you guys actually might hate me for this, but I was the official that worked the first game of Matt Palmasino's career with him as an official. And I told Matt in the locker room. And so I know Matt's dad, like we used to be like three houses down from each other. We were family friends. And so I know Steve from a long time way back. And Steve was a great official. He worked in the WCHA himself. And I told Matt in his first game, that I'm working with them. So Matt would have been probably 11-ish and I would have been 15 approximately somewhere in that ballpark is I think is our age difference. And uh, and so we're sitting in a locker room and I go, Matt, you don't take shit from any coach. No shit from any coach. And he goes, okay, got it. So we're working a game and I, rem- I don't remember who the teams were, but I remember it was at Eagles Arena. And we're in the second period and Matt had called a penalty and so now I'm dropping the puck or maybe it was the next whistle because I was dropping the puck and Matt was by. So in refing, one of the things that you do is whoever calls the penalty doesn't stand by that bench. Like you don't want to incite another penalty or coach yelling or whatever. Right. So it must've been the next whistle because I was dropping the puck and Matt was standing in front of the bench and the coach starts saying something to Matt. And I'm literally, as I dropped the puck, Matt blows his whistle, turns around, and kicks the coach out. (laughs) So Matt might do that to a little bit of an extreme today still, but I might have to take a lot of blame in that. So (laughs) so Palmo, if you ever listen to this podcast, I will will take the blame for uh, your your potential bad rap um, as a referee. Exactly. So I don't know about you guys, but I actually really like animated refs. The, the more belligerent the ref is on their calls, the better. And I actually got a chance to watch Palmo officiate a game last weekend. And I could hear him yelling at the coaches when the coaches would get on him. And I loved every minute of it. Like it was, it was fantastic. Like I, I've tried. So full disclosure, Josh's boy and my boy actually both ref and I've been trying to convince my child to be more belligerent, but Josh knows my oldest son. And he, <laughs> if he says two words in a given day, it's probably been a good day for him. Um, and it was also like this. <laughs> <laughs> Looking uh, at the ground. Girls. <laughs> But he was uh, – he. I have only watched him ref one game, which is first game. And I had a full weekend of hockey two weekends ago. And um, I just finished up Parker's game. And I dropped him off at home. And I was like, ah, oh, Cam has uh, two shifts left. Or he should have about two periods left in the game he's reffing. I should probably watch the, one of the games he refs. So I went and sat in the stands. And I just so happened to sit right next to the rink manager who was Summer Kwame. And Summer and I were chatting about the game. And it was 9 o'clock at night. It was a lower tier game, a younger level, and the parents were hammered, like very, very drunk. That's and, shocking, by the way. Yeah, it was it was everything I hoped for and more when I went and sat down. 
And the crowd turned against the referees early in that game, and it was awful. <laughs> and Summer says to me, I have no idea how you're how you're handling these drunk idiots yelling at your kid. And I turned to Summer and I said, well, I mean, they're not wrong. He's been terrible all game. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like your dad backing you up. <laughs> he missed a lot of calls, let's be honest. Oh, that's so wonderful. Poor guy. Poor Cam. We, uh, so Josh, oh, oh, I Kyle. I've interrupted you like ten times. Oh, no, this, I, just, um, I was going to say, like, uh, coaching Pee Wee this year, and I think the officials now seem, as opposed to when I coached, you know, ten, twelve years ago, seem to be pretty good about trying to start a dialogue at the beginning of games, which I think is is good. Just kind of humanizes the guys a little bit, and uh, I'll usually stand at the front of the bench for warm up. Ref will always come over and say, "Hey, you know, if you need anything, just just call us over." And every time I say, "Hey, will a text work?" <laughs> not once one of those guys laughed so you know if you could like spread that out in a new in a ref newsletter I'd appreciate it so but what i gotta so what but here's the deal though like my whole thing and this is actually just my whole philosophy in life in general like if you're not having fun what's the point like right. i honestly love the banter between referee and coach if yeah. it's appropriate banter right so like yeah. one of the things i will tell you and this is this isn't me sucking up to one of the podcast hosts but um but when i repped central's games we had so much fun because between the three of those guys on the bench and me and like and i knew them all i mean your husband and timmy and like they were my buddies or my brother's youngest brother's age right so they were all buddies so i've known these guys for years right And so, like, it was so fun to, like, go back and forth and have the banter, Yeah. right? Like, that's, to me as a referee, like, that's super fun. And the same thing, even at the college level, honestly, so when the last stuff that I did was women's WCHA stuff, and that was, you know, UND had a team until they didn't have a team. But Fabian was one of the coaches, which I know is actually uh, Corey's neighbor, which is actually how we refer to Corey as, as Fabian's neighbor. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> So, but like Fabian and I would literally yell at each other on the ice. He'd be like, Brownie, that's an ice. And I'd be like, no, it's not. He'd be like, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I think that's the good thing. I mean, yeah. even, you know, we were talking um, about officiating and even Matt was talking uh, about him and another friend of ours, Steve Howe, when Steve will rep. And he goes, you know, my favorite part of Steve though, is he said, we can be screaming at each other on the ice. He's like, and totally disagreeing on something. He goes, and the next time I see him, when the game is done, we're totally fine with each other. He said, because it's just about the game. We're all in the game. We're all doing it. He's like, but it's left there. It's not a personal thing. He's like, it has to be that way because it isn't personal. You're just in the intensity of the game. And he's because I even asked him out one time, because Matt's a notorious yeller. Um, and I said, <laughs> I said, have you ever had a ref overturn a call when you've argued with them? And he's like, no, never. <laughs> I go, why do you do it? <laughs> he's like, well, you gotta let him know. And I'm like, I just I never, <laughs> I've never once seen shy of that game where that adult intimidated two 14-year-olds. 
um, which doesn't count in my opinion, but I have never seen like a high school coach call a ref over go. I don't think that he should go in the box and the ref is like, you're right. Let him out right now. <laughs> I've never seen it happen. So it always kind of confuses me. You know, so one of the, just real briefly, Josh, one of the reasons, uh, Steve and Matt get along, you know, what kind of skates Steve wears? Graphs. Graphs. Yeah. So. They so got a connection he's, already. He's a lot with Matt for sure. Yeah, yeah. friends. Because Matt's Matt's a graph guy. Am I am I following this correctly? Graph guy to the heart. So yeah. okay, so if he's a true graph guy, that means he probably doesn't wear socks in his game. He does not ever. No, yeah. never that's, ever. That's that's very dangerous. So yeah. when I played when I played high school, I didn't wear socks, and the guys that sharpened skates for Red River back in the day actually made me sharpen my own skates because they smelt so bad. <laughs> I understand that. So Matt's brother, Casey, <laughs> who also, Casey was a goalie, did not wear socks in his skates. When he would drop the skates off at Jarrell's, they'd go, Case, we'll sharpen them, but you're going to pick them up in the alley because the smell is too bad. Like, we can't. <laughs> so they will be on the outside of the building waiting for you. We'll sharpen them. But my God, because, yeah, they don't. Not, they, Matt is the same way. He does not wear socks in his skates. He doesn't like the feel of it. See, and that's oh. so the so so the bet so honestly, so here's here's the funny part that you may or may not know is that so Casey is my brother Joe's age. Yep. And Matt is my brother's Jake's age. And so I I've known the Morelands for longer than I'd like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> so our our old men's skaters wearing graphs like uh me wearing my Nike Air Monarchs to mow the lawn. I mean, is that an equivalent? Yeah. Okay. Just check. Never, never let go. Never Hashtag ever let go. go. Well, I have to ask. So I have multiple questions, but one of my biggest ones is as we're talking about deranged coaches, but it doesn't have to just be coaches. It can be parents <laughs> as well. What is the most deranged thing you have had said to you or you had to deal with as a rep like who's the most deranged person where you have thought this is insane deranged deranged is a is a kind of an aggressive names, word but just, no. just well eh, it might it so might be what, appropriate <laughs> so what, what I, give us the name so you so what i would tell so like what i would tell you is from my experience the parents at the younger levels are worse than the parents at the older levels. Like it's just, that's, that's what it is. Right. So like when I was 22 and work in junior hockey and, and all the other stuff, and then would go work a squirt game on a Saturday morning, just because it needed to be worked. And there was a young guy repping and you need an older guy with them or whatever it was. Those are the parents were just like, Oh my God, can you guys calm down? Like your kid's not Wayne Gretzky. Like they're not going to NHL. Just please calm the hell down. Like nothing they said was actually rational. Like, so, so it was never like super like realistic. It's just like, can you please stop yelling from the top of the stands? Like, I know who you are. And I was always the rep that I look up at them, especially <laughs> in a, like a smaller rank. Like, I know it's you, like, I can see you. I know you're not talking right now, but I'm looking at you. So one of the best things was when I was younger, especially when I was working in Grand Forks, as I got more advanced and knew what I was doing and whatever was to go work at the blue line club, which is, you know, where they have the bar 
you know, the, the rail at the top yeah. that actually kind of almost hangs over the ice. Yeah. I've literally thrown my whistle to multiple parents and said, Hey, you want to rough the game? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so fair. I like Which that. the it best is thing fair. is I always had a second whistle in my pocket. So I didn't <laughs> matter if he kept it or if he threw it back at me or whatever, but I'm like, down. Uh, yeah, here you go. Oh Lord. So, I mean, I don't know that I have a deranged story because I probably just like put those very way deep down in the memory bank. <laughs> but like the best thing that I've ever heard on the ice, and I, I think I've told this story. Corey's probably heard this a handful of times. But so I worked when so I went to school in Mankato, which is about 45 minutes from Faribault, which is where Shattuck is. So I worked a lot at Shattuck through my college career in my college time. And Working the top-level games at Shattuck, I mean, they got teams coming from all over the country, right? And yeah. most of those coaches are awesome people. Like, they're not yelling at the refs. They're yelling more at their players and all that kind of stuff. The refs just kind of there, right? And actually, Tom Ward, who was the Shattuck coach at the time, was the best at this. Like, if Tom's yelling at you, you know you fucked up because he doesn't yell. Like, if he's yelling at you, you should be thinking about what happened because you you definitely missed something. Um, but it was a different coach. I think he was from Omaha. Oh gosh, might have been I, Chicago. You know Josh, I I knew it. I 100 percent knew it. I know who this is. I heard him yell something at a kid that would even Kelly would be like too far. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, so but so but so this is the top team, right? So these are 18-ish year old kids, right? Probably 16 to 18. You might have a 15 year old on there. You maybe have a 14 year old on there. Speaking of which, actually, the first year that I started roughing at Shattuck was the one year that Sidney Crosby played at Shattuck. Oh, wow. And, man, that kid, like, he had blue toques, yeah. which for no reason other than he wanted to completely make sure that everybody knew who he was, but yeah. he knew who he was. Like, he was right. 14, and he was the best kid on the team, right? Like, it was insane. But um, – but so the coach, like I said, I think it was it was either it was either Omaha or Chicago. I think it was Omaha. It was Omaha. I'll, and this coach, we'll have him on as a guest. So they're so they're on. So they're well. I, mean, I doubt he's well. Maybe he's still coaching. I don't know. I mean, he was pretty I'll young when he was coaching there. there. But he's he's so. <laughs> so so this was hilarious. So so I actually even after I moved back to Grand Forks thirteen years ago. The first couple of years I moved back here, I would go back down to Shattuck and ref their Christmas tournament where they had all these teams come in because we would have three guys and it was me and two other guys that I've known forever. And we would all ref together and we rotate ref, line, line, ref. Like, so there's three of us, there's one referee. We would just rotate through and referee games. And so I was lining this game and I don't, and I don't remember if it was a morning or afternoon or whatever. But his team's on the power play, and I'm the linesman standing in front of his bench. So it had to have been the second period because they couldn't break the puck out. So they're trying to score, right? They're on the power play. So I would be standing in front of their bench waiting for them to come to the blue line so I could call, you know, offsides or call it good or whatever, right? And they keep getting it, like, to their own defensive blue line, maybe a little bit past it, and then it would get shot back in. And this happened over and over and over for probably a minute and a half. And this guy stands up on the bench and I'm standing right in front of this bench. And he stands up in front of the bench and yells at the top of his lungs. 
You gotta be fist fucking me right now. Get the fucking puck out of the zone. <laughs> and I started laughing, like uncontrollably. And I'd like do one of these, like turn back and look as he's standing there, like bawling. And he goes, That was pretty good, wasn't it? It's one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> He's actually not a bad dude, but just some of the stuff like uh, if 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 you're uh, under sixteen, you should probably leave the room. One, two, three. <laughs> Watching the game at Shattuck, uh, an old rink, you know, uh, visitor locker room, kind of at the end of the rink. There, um, kid comes out, kind of looks. Mom comes down with the Powerade between periods. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Coach is standing there, just kind of, just kind of lets mom go by. Let's go by. And then while mom can still hear, hey, did she suck your dick too? I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. It's the same guy, Josh. I guarantee it. Uh, really not a bad dude. How did he I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure it's the same guy because this would have been, I mean, this was probably... Oh. Best case was 2010, but yeah. probably was something around 2009. And he couldn't have been more than 25 years old or so when when I was working that game. But it yeah, was he, it he, was hilarious. Yeah, that is played, fantastic. Played in the Western Hockey League. Yeah, yeah. Hey Josh, uh, we've talked about this before, but for the podcast purposes, you've had a number of experiences where you've been refing a game and the coach wants you to give him the gate. Why don't you talk about those oh, experiences? <laughs> All right. So I know which one you're talking about. So this is, again, at Shattuck. And this was actually at the old rink. So, again, it's the same tournament, right? It's the it's the Christmas prep team tournament, right? So all these teams come in from Chicago and Omaha and Wisconsin and Dallas and Arizona and wherever they're all from, right? And so as refs, so like I was saying, so like we have – there's three of us. And we'll work all day. We'll work all day Friday. We work all day Saturday. We work all day Sunday. We just rotate who's refing and who's lining. And so when we're done, so the last game usually starts at probably around 6, right? So we're probably done about 8.30. So we get done. We shower up, go grab a quick dinner and a couple beers, and then we go back to the hotel and drink, you know, 15 more beers or whatever <laughs> so that we can get up at – so we get up at 7 and start refing again at 8 a.m. But – we're repping. And so like my deal was always, I want to be the ref in the first game. I know it's going to suck. I know we're all a little hungover, but I'm going to sweat it out. And then I'm going to be fine for the rest of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Because as a, in a one, two system at that, like at that level, one, two system, like you are busting your ass. And so I'm the referee going up and down the ice, up and down the ice, up and down the ice. Right. So we're in the first period and I call the penalty probably I don't know, two or three minutes into the game on the other team. And this guy starts barking. I'm like, what the hell is this guy barking about? Like, I didn't even call a penalty on this team. I called on the other team. <laughs> and then about 30 seconds into the power play, I call a penalty on his team. And he starts barking again. And so at the old rink at Shattuck, it's, it's like most rinks, right, where the penalty box separates the two benches, right? So I'm standing in front of the penalty box and telling the guys the signal and giving them what the penalty was. And then I got to go skate down to his defensive zone to, you know, be on the goal line. As I'm skating by, he says something to me, and I don't even know what he said. 
And I'm like, and I stop and I turn, and I go, what'd you say? And he, and I, I said something to the effect of that was horse shit. What are you trying to do? Something, you know, whatever. And I'm like, dude, just like, it's freaking three minutes into the game. Calm down. Like, what are we talking about here? Like I'm hung over, like relax. <laughs> right. <laughs> So then the next whistle happens, and I think it was an offside, and so then they're going to drop the puck on his blue line, but at the other side. So I'm literally standing in front of the bench, and this guy just keeps talking. And I turn around, and I go, are you going to quit talking, or am I going to have to give you a bench minor? And he goes, well, I'm not going to quit talking. So I'm like, okay, fine. Boom. Here we go. <laughs> so I give a bench minor penalty, and I go, now are you going to quit talking? He goes, no, I'm not going to quit talking. This is fucking bullshit. And I go, okay, fine. See ya. <laughs> About 30 seconds later, as he instantly leaves the bench, instantly, <laughs> I go, he's hungover. He wanted to get kicked out so he can go back and sleep until his <laughs> 2 o'clock game. That little fucker, I should have made him stay on the bench the whole goddamn yeah. time. Yeah. I'm leaving too then. <laughs> Correct, right? Like, I'm out there. I'm out. leaving. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. That's 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 genius. I really do so like the, his his thinking. So the fastest I've ever kicked a guy out is about three minutes into a game, and I, I instantly regretted it. Yeah, you gave him exactly what he wanted. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask, uh, sort of two prong question, uh, going back to the higher level stuff with the USA Hockey business. Did you ever run into a guy named Scott Brand? Yeah, how how deep do you want to go down this hole? Uh, another episode. <laughs> going down the rabbit also, hole. Also, a future guest. Uh, owes me. He's one. a future guest. Yeah, I'd be I'd be careful with that future guest, and now I'm going to be very <laughs> careful with what I say. Oh no, he, he knows. To, uh, th this is not a Scott Brand question. This is sort of a segue. Uh, right out of law school, I worked with the USHL for a number of years, and just sort of a catch-all type of position. One of the things I have to do is sort of look after the officials from time to time. Um, during the Clark Cup, I had to take the Clark Cup to Omaha. So I rode around in the trunk of my wife's Civic for a number of days because I just left it there. Um, anyway, uh, hanging out with the officials, didn't know them very well, but uh, one of the kids, uh, Dana Pinkovich, you ever? I know Dana. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, this was this is my time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to toss Dana under the bench, but just hanging out with a few of those guys. Um, the son of a NHL guy, you probably know him. Worked with Dana a lot and uh, having dinner at like wherever. I'm like, uh, a table full of girls nearby. I'm like, are those girls checking you guys out? What's going on here? And they're like, yeah, we have groupies. I'm like, what? Bullshit, you guys have groupies. They're like, fuck yeah, we do. I'm like, what? You got to <laughs> tell me about this. So, group of girls would follow them around to USHL games, not, not Dana, uh, follow these guys around. And I'm like, what's the deal? It's like, listen, we've got money. We don't have to go to sleep early. And we've got nothing but time. So we have chicks that just follow us around. The hotel. I'm like, I miss my calling, obviously. Like, so expound upon that. So them saying they have money would definitely be an overstatement. Because when, <laughs> when we when we worked in juniors back then, we didn't have any fucking money. Like, As compared to we the got, world's playing in the USHL. It's, it's all relative. It's all relative. But so here's the deal. So back in those days, right? So one our our compensation was pretty shitty like we maybe this is me going off of memory so don't take this as as actual numbers 
but I think the refs got paid about 175 bucks a game, and I think us lineys got paid about a hundred bucks a game, approximately. Hundred dollars a game in Sioux City, Iowa. You you are basically the mayor. Yeah, but but here, <laughs> but, but 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 you're but you you're, you're, you're you you haven't hit the punchline yet. We would have to travel all over the all over the upper Midwest, right? Yeah. Guess how much they paid us in mileage back then? I don't want to know. Nope, you really don't. <laughs> Four cents a mile. Holy oh. shit. We were independent contractors, right? Like this wasn't oh. an employee deal, right? Like there was no yeah. federal mileage. Like, yeah, we got F. Like so so the 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 one Scott Brand story that I will tell in this, and we can have a different conversation <laughs> offline if you want. <laughs> but if you know him and he's gonna be on online, I'm not gonna go down oh, that really? rabbit hole. But the one story I will tell about Scott Brand is that so like one of the worst things about officiating as you work your way up the ranks yeah. is all of the different rule books that you have to work through. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So back in the day, right, there was the regular USA rule book. If you refereed high school, there was the NFHS rule book. If you ref in college hockey, there was the NCA rule book. Yeah. And then if you rep juniors, there was the junior rule book. Yeah. All different. I mean, similar, but they had differences, right? Yeah. Yeah. So one of one of the first years maybe it was year two or three that i was working juniors so the junior rule book was literally just like printed by a printer on like normal eight by twelve paper right that was bound and then had a cover and a back cover and whatever and one of the years the guy that prints them out i think he was out of the cities but i could be wrong on that but whoever was printing them said well what color do you want the cover and Scott Brand goes, I don't fucking care what color the fucking cover is. Make it pink for all I fucking care. So we had pink rule books one year. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Correct. He didn't care. He told you. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't care. Um, Perfect. Uh, I still have, I'm not, I uh, looked after those guys so much that one year I got one of the, uh, did you get one of those? USHL has to just said a fit like USHL then official. Yeah, yeah. We're the you don't want to. You actually don't really. Want, you don't really want to actually wear those anywhere though. No, I I just keep it in a trunk upstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so 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 that was the other thing. Like so he, the other thing with like so kind of I get like so this I would say this is the dark side of officiating, but not the deep dark side of officiating. Is that there's a lot of shenanigans that happen on the road. Yeah, And if you're married or engaged or whatever, like that's not your deal. Yeah. Right. And it makes it, it actually, it makes it very difficult to continue to do it when you're in that, like the less opportunity you put yourself in those positions, right. Like kind of that kind of a deal. Right. So like if you're a single guy, awesome. Yeah. Not a single guy. Yeah. Not quite so much. Not a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you could, meet, like, if I asked Kelly right now to give me just like a sort of a composite sketch of a Minnesota hockey mom, she would nail it. Like, I know I'd get it. What would I get if I asked you for a composite of a referee groupie? A referee groupie? Yeah. Master's degree, working your way through a doctorate. Uh, like no. Some wine every <laughs> so often. What, what are we getting at? <laughs> No, you're getting the high school dropout. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm channeling Office Space when uh, Diedrich uh, is talking about yeah the kind of girl who go double time on me if you remember that scene from the movie right. yeah and a, and a lot and a lot of flair yeah a whole lot of flair <laughs> a lot of flair uh, I think that's what um, it was called in Office Space wasn't it wasn't yeah. it yes, oh, yeah. the button, where's flare. your flair which uh, oh, a good piece of trivia uh, after that movie. Um, TGI Fridays officially got rid of their policy that workers had to wear so much flair. No flair. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I was just say, is there uh, e even roughly speaking a ranking of uh, groupie cities in the USHL from high end to low end, and why is succeeding <laughs> to low end? He's not going to give this up, Josh. This is Kyle. This is Kyle's corner right here. This is. I'm, uh, I'm not. I'm that. not going to lie. Like I said, by the time I got to the junior stuff, like I was, uh, I was already tied down, so yeah. to speak. So like that really wasn't the deal. But I will tell you the the best rink to work at, uh, and it wasn't USHL. It was actually. Uh, uh, North American League hockey, and I, I think they're probably still North American League. I'm not really sure, but was uh, was in Northern Iowa, oh, Madison yeah. City, I believe, is the town, and the rink was right on the fairgrounds. And they had, if the team scored within the last five minutes of a period, it was dollar beers. Oh yeah. So so that was great for the for the fans. But the best thing about working in that rink was when the game was done. They brought you a six pack and two pizzas into the locker room for you, and it was like, and again, we didn't make we didn't make a lot of money. Right. So like two pizzas and a six pack of beer when there's three of us working, so we just got two beers and half a pizza. Like it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. the heck of a deal. Love it. Well, I have a rule book question. So because... oh, here she goes. Yeah, no, got a not... penalty called on him. Man. No, 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 no. <laughs> It's, it's just a random, this is just the nerd side of me because I know that, you know, you have to learn these rule books. And like most people, although like the majority of people in a hockey ring talk as though they know all the rules of oh, all yeah. hockey, you know, um, what, is there any like obscure hockey rule that would surprise people as a rule or what's the weirdest penalty you've had to call, you know, because like slashing happens, checking, you know, all that like, what's the weirdest penalty you've ever had to call that is is it's a rule in hockey? So, so I would so there's two things. So the 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 most obscure I would actually say non rule is that you cannot technically cross check somebody if you if your stick's on the ice. So you can oh. literally be beating the shit out of somebody with your stick as long as the blades on the ice, and that's <laughs> in the rule book. Right, but like, like bad most information people don't know that. But not that there's high right? schoolers that are gonna perk right up. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so that's kind of like the obscure rule. But like the the worst one, honestly, the worst one is a match penalty in USA hockey. Right, like that's where you you get kicked out. You actually have to go in front of a board and kind of plead your case of what you did and all that kind of stuff. Most yeah. refs probably have never called that in their career. I called it, I think, only once, and it was because they shoved the linesman. Like you can't mm -hmm. hit a referee. Like if you hit a referee, oh, that's a match penalty. Like automatic. There's no question. It's you don't have a choice. Like it's a match penalty. So right. I had in a junior gold game one time. I was repping. There was a big fight. My linesman's breaking it up. He's taking the kid that I had already that I kicked out of the game 
over to not the penalty box to the dressing room door. And as he's taking them there, he like completely shoves them. Right. So I'm like, okay, oh, well, yeah. now that's a match. Right. You have to call that. Right. But I would say, I mean, there is a lot of in, like, so like, if you really get into refing, like the one thing that most, even a lot of refs don't do is actually read the rule book cover to cover. <laughs> like, but you should read it cover to cover because you do find stuff. And even, even when you've been repping for 15 years, when you read that rule book again, you go, oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Or I didn't know that. Right. Like, right. It's like, it's like jewelry is like a good example, right? Like, so jewelry, you can't wear jewelry while you're playing, but if it's, but if it's religious related, it's okay. Then you can't make them take it off. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. it's like, yeah. that's a kind of an obscure thing, right? Like it's not really a thing, but it's kind of a thing. Right. So, yeah. but yeah, there's, there's not a lot of like super weird stuff in the rule book, but like, I guess another one would be like for tripping as an example, you actually don't have to trip the guy to get called for tripping. Okay. Like you have to intend to trip. Like if you tried to trip a guy and you didn't oh. trip him, it's still a penalty. It's still tripping. Okay. I didn't that I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. I would I would have thought that you had to successfully trip him. But you, you know, that makes sense that only even in just attempting to trip them is the penalty. Now the question then becomes, am I going to call it? Am I not going to call it? That kind of thing, right? So, right. but that's, and that's the thing that USA Hockey took out. Like they took a lot of the discretion out, which, which is really good for younger officials, right? Like, hey, there, I don't have a choice. Like, here's what I have to call. Mm -hmm. But it makes it harder on more experienced officials to go, hey, like in all reality, yes, is it technically a penalty? Yes, per the book. But the intent right. of the rule is this. So I'm not calling that. Okay, so. When I was when we were when I was in high school at Central, um, one of the boys on our team got a kicking penalty, and that was the first that I had seen in hockey. And he did well, kick the other player. Well, he attempted to the player move, but he fully kicked him. And I was like, "Gosh, a kicking penalty! You don't see that all the time." No, but that's a, that's an out. But actually, last weekend in, in our Vano Double A game, there was a face masking penalty called, which is actually legit like if you grab a guy's face mask it's mm -hmm. no choice five in a game 15 yards really? and a first down yep. yeah <laughs> yeah well, no, and that was, kicking was an automatic out he was ejected from that game and the next one but uh I, and he really did um but uh it, you know you just don't hear kicking all the time in hockey no. it's like oh kicking penalty well, your, uh, your point about always reading the rule book is why Kyle hasn't a complete unabridged and annotated version of the North Dakota Century Code in his bathroom. But to, to, to add to that point, um, this weekend, uh, Kyle's team he coaches, which has my other son on it, the, uh, my middle boy was uh, exiting the zone with a puck and he was tripped and there was no call and I was working the box and the refs came to the box. Was and this when you were working the box with your foot up on the dash or like looking all hundred percent? I got I got a separate text about that from Danny Mardo. Hey, yeah. I'm like, dude, I saw it. Yeah, uh, I, I want I want you guys to know I look amazing when I work my volunteer hours, and I'm not ashamed. No. <laughs> um, but the refs come in between periods, and they're talking about the trip call and how angry the kid, my son, was about not getting called for tripping, and. The ref says to me, I don't know what that kid's so angry about. He got tripped by a guy who was laying down in the ice, had one hand on his stick and barely touched the sk kid's skates. 
and he <laughs> fell over. And uh, any kind of kid who's that weak on his skate shouldn't have a penalty called oh, against him. Oh, no. And I looked right at the ref, and I was like, well, I can't argue with you on that one. <laughs> Corey, did you pick the right dad to say that too. Right. Uh, did the ref say anything uh, about the uh, the construction work the head coach of the Pee Wee team does? He did not say anything about that, but I certainly can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, Andrews Construction Services. They have twenty years of experience in all areas of construction. Projects worked on include banks, oral surgery offices, dental offices, schools, retail space, auto body shops. You name it, they can build it. They offer assistance with all phases of construction from the initial design phase all the way through. All the way through. You dream it, they make it a reality. The quality you want, the service you deserve, Andrews Construction Services. Corey, tremendously well done. Great segue. I work on it. I work on it every day. I, I, you know what? You can tell. Um, do, you know, do you know why you work on it every day? Because if you don't, Sean's going to kill you. Yeah, I'm likely. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, I, I once told Parker, I said, mess with Kyle, your coach. Mess with your other coach. I can't remember his name, Fuller or something or other. <laughs> but don't mess with Sean. Uh, hey, Josh, what is the absolute worst chirp? Uh, it's, a, it's a segment. Worst chirp statement thing you've ever heard someone say while you were refing a game. Worst chirp. Yeah, or worst is in like it could be the best chirp you've ever heard, or just like we're let's go down the rabbit hole, full dark. What have you heard? So I get a lot, a lot of those things. Like to me, they're more funny than they're than anything else. So like mm -hmm. I I I hear them, and and I'm probably I'm probably too old to remember exactly what they were, but it was me laughing. But I usually I was always the guy that would give a look and either smile or give the like dude, really, what the fuck kind of deal? Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know that I can answer that question, but the worst thing that I ever heard on the ice, and this is because it was so inappropriate, in my opinion, was I was working a high school girls game in New Ulm back when I was in college. And one of the girls on the team scored, and I have the puck, and I'm ready to drop it at center ice for after the goal and another girl I can't remember which one was which doesn't really make a difference but I'm standing there at the dot and one girl comes up to the other girl and one of them says that was so hot I want to twiddle your twat in the locker room when this is over and I'm like I don't think I'm supposed to hear that <laughs> I'm like this like you're like 16 and I'm 22 like I, I I don't like I just dropped the puck and like got the hell out of there yeah up on a list yeah, yeah get me as far away from this as possible oh Lord but you know what we have heard as we have talked to people that yeah. it's the girls you gotta look out for that yeah. they have the the meanest church. Oh. They go the meanest. That wasn't that mean. That was complimentary, I guess. <laughs> that was co that was complimentary. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no. The intention was a compliment. Yeah, women's <laughs> women's women's college hockey was the worst. Like they were horrible to each other. Like you heard things. Like there was a lot of c words involved and all the other things. It's like 
I don't think that I'm supposed to be hearing like this. Like, I don't think this is okay. <laughs> hey, girl, stop or whatever. Don't yell at me. You probably <laughs> ran into Kevin Vaughn uh, with UND women's hockey. He, he kept a list of like the worst things he'd hear. And yeah. I, yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot of not repeatables. Right. The, the C word's big. Like I, uh, I had to. Um, Very big. The women's team had sort of like an ID camp and they're, you know, these girls were 16, 17. Uh, the referee didn't show up. And so I, I filled in that Sunday morning. It's like 930 after a broken wrist. Uh, and, and then the, the stuff they'd say to each other, just dropping the puck. Like there's no, there's no, there was no altercation. There was nothing going on. They just skate up and say, Hey, I bet your something smells. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? It's Sunday. I should be at mass. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Crazy. What? You're not you're not wrong. No, yeah. right? <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. Bizarre. So Josh. I but boys, I don't I don't feel like like don't you know they they chirp and you can hear it through the yeah. glass, you know, like I mean it it's you you can hear, but I don't know if they go quite so mean. Like it stays a little bit more surface level. It's more of like almost like your mama jokes, right? Like right, right. <laughs> the girls man, they they cut to the bone. That's all right. I kind of so, like it. Josh, you've refed at different levels, all the way up to the WCHA. Do you find it hard to watch games as a non-ref, as a parent now, knowing the rules and being at your level of experience, and then trying to watch referees that aren't great, maybe or still learning? It's it's better now that I've been out for a few years, right? Like it used okay. to be all I would do was actually focus on the referees, right? So like we have season tickets for the men's men's two games, right? And we're right on the blue line. And I was the I was typically a linesman, right? Like I refed a lot, but I was a lot like my higher levels, I was a linesman. So putting me in a blue line is not a good idea because I'm calling everything offsides or I'm calling it good or that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um but or I like would say like no, right, or, no four. I think it was six. That was six okay. feet. Four? No, four feet. No, it was, it was six. Four. And then he he corrected me that it was four. Oh, okay, just checking. Yeah, <laughs> it was six, and he said no, it was four. I'm like, okay, well, it was four outside. Inside story. Sorry. <laughs> but the, honestly, the thing that 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 makes me the most upset with watching officials is really it's like I love watching young officials because they tour what we were talking about earlier, like. They're going to make mistakes, but your players are making mistakes. Like they're working that level because everybody at that level is making mistakes. Like everybody's learning, right? Like you can't learn without doing, right? So like the younger officials are always making mistakes, but if they're working younger games, like it really shouldn't be that big of a deal. Coaches calm the hell down, that kind of a thing. But the thing that really gets my goat is when there's a guy or a gal on the ice that you know that they know what they're doing and they just suck. It's like, you're 30 years old. I can tell you know what you're doing. You know you're in the right position, and you just can't make the right call. Like, that's the most frustrating thing. Like, dude, you fucking suck. Do you think that comes to, like, game management sometimes? You you talked about, like, a hungover game. Do you think sometimes it's like, geez, I, I really I want to go home and watch a football game. Let's speed this up. Or Yeah, but it's not really that. Like, actually, I think it's, like, like those are actually the the funner, like the funner, more fun games to kind of watch, right? Like if the ref knows what they're doing, like so in those games, we're like, hey, there's no reason for this game to continue on any longer, yeah. right? So like I always use the example of 
okay, is it a six goal game or is it a five goal game? Right. So like if it's a game that's not close, right. And it's a five goal game, it's not running time, but if it's a six goal game, it is running time. Right. Yeah. And so if it's a five goal game and it's not running time, we're waving off icings all over the place. Right. Because there's no reason for us to keep this thing going. Like it's not going to get closer. Like let's just get this thing done with. But if it's a six goal game and it's running time, now I'm calling all of those icing. Right. Because when the puck's not in play, nothing else can happen. Yeah. Right. So the more that the clock's just running without the puck being in play, no stupid shit can happen. So like, those are the things where you actually like, I, I think as someone watching a game, you really start to know, does a ref have an idea what the hell they're doing or not? Interesting. Well, that, I hadn't thought about that. That leads to a good question. And you hear it from, you know, the uninformed parents and I'll consider myself one as well, but the refs controlling the game. So kids don't get hurt. Can you talk to any of that? So I think, so again, I think this goes back to what USA Hockey's trying to do, right? Like they're trying to take some of that out of the referee's hands, right? But like, I do think that the referee definitely still can play a role into how a game goes, right? And it starts from the beginning. Like it starts from the drop of the puck, right? If you let something stupid go right away, it's really hard to get reel that back in. But if you call something stupid that happens right away, it can stop it right away. Like it can end it right there. Right. So like I, I, I use the example of so when I went to Michigan for regional camp, like I said, we worked half games. And so my half game, the first game that I worked was the second half of the game. And we were, you know, getting ready and whatever, but we were also watching the game. So we had an idea of what was going on with the game. And so this game that I worked ultimately came into halfway through it was getting kind of shitty. It was kind of being gong showy, right? Like the kids were fucking all over the place and doing all the stuff. And I walked on the ice after the intermission and now it was my game, right? The other ref was gone. Now I'm the one that's repping the game. And there was a check about, I don't know, 15 seconds in. That was a, a bad boarding call that frankly, the other ref wasn't calling and it was right in front of me and my arm shoots in the air and I give the guy five right out of the gate. Like, and back then boarding, you could give just five and not kick the guy out. So I gave him five right away. And the whole rest of the game was done. Like everything calmed down, all the shit stopped, all that kind of thing. Right. Like, so there is a point where that actually is like a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to follow that up, one of the things uh, we want to talk about today and add the benefit of having you here is the, uh, Morgan Riley hit on uh, Ridley Gregg there. What's your, can you give us your take? So was that that cross-check to like the chin? The, the, that right? the cross-check after the, the clap bomb into the empty net. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I saw that. Was that last night? I think uh, I just saw that, right? A few, few nights ago. So he's offered the in-person hearing, uh, I think, which is automatic five games, NHLPA's um, appealed that uh on his behalf and so it's just has taken up all of canadian twitter so you can you can talk about that then if you'd like to say something mean about canada we'd appreciate that too i'm <laughs> supposed to say something mean about canada well usually we encourage people to do so but it's uh that's up to you <laughs> so i saw the hit and the guy got a five game suspension right like so yeah. what i saw and like i was where was i last night i was sitting somewhere where i couldn't hear anything but i was just kind of like reading the bottom scroll like he got a five game suspension right 
Uh, yeah, yes, and now that's been appealed. And so the question that they were all asking was, is five games enough, or was that too much, or whatever? Like, I yeah. saw it, and yeah. it was after the thing, right? Like, so NHL is, what, 82 games? 82, yeah. So five games is, what, what is that, 5% approximately? About, yeah, like, and then, like yeah, for, forfeits the salary to a, to a man. But, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a drop in the bucket. So, like, the argument was, like, Oh, he, you know, the Ottawa guy kind of broke the code. Uh, Toronto guy was too, what, whatever. You know what I mean? So, so the the hard thing is, right? You're trying to distinguish intent, right? Did he intend to cross check him in the chin, or was it? I was actually trying to cross check him in the shoulder, and he moved or whatever, right? Like it's so like that intent thing is hard to distinguish, which is why a lot of that stuff, right? ultimately goes to somebody that's not the referee on the ice. Yeah. So I saw it, like, was it vicious and was it bad? Yes. Did it deserve more than a five-game suspension? Eh, I'm actually probably okay with the five-game suspension. But, I mean, that's that's just me. Like, I think a lot of that stuff gets figured out on the ice. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I mean, they'll see each other again, obviously, right? So, sort it out. Well, but, I, um, it's interesting so to hear some at, of the different takes on it. It's all over the map. Well, and I think if you look at that, right? Like, it's so between that and like, if you go back, what? No, man, we won't be going back 20 years. That Bertuzzi hit, right? Yeah. Uh, when oh, he yeah. played for Vancouver and it was against the Avalanche, I think, if I remember yeah. right. See more. Yeah. Like, like that thing is like, that is you're suspended for like seasons. And yeah. I think he ultimately was right. Like he might even got charged. Season, if I remember right. And then criminal charges and yeah. Cause more. Yeah. Than right. So. Because like that, like his intent there, like you could see the intent. He skated halfway down the ice to just like, to grab the guy from behind and freaking bit. Like you can, in, you can see the intent right out of the gate. Right. Yeah. So, like, I think the other one that I saw in the last week or so, and I, I'm not going to remember who the players were, and I think the, the guy that got hit was a Penguins guy. I think his number was 55. And, like, it was right, like, by the penalty box, and he kind of had his chin out. And yep, yep. some guy came by and, like, smoked him, like, hit him really hard, and, like, right in the chin and, like, fucking knocked him out and whatever. But, like, what I heard on that one, on whatever thing I was watching, was, like, there's a reason why you're taught to keep your chin in. Like, if you're going to expose yourself in that way, you're kind of giving your opponent an opportunity that you shouldn't even give them, especially at that level, right? Yeah. So I'll tie this into just uh, a little bit of legal stuff too. But like, do you do you give a little bit of uh, credence to like a you know guy put him in a tough spot versus or like hundred percent? So. Yeah. I do think so. Some like some of the stuff in today's hockey, right? That was not called back then, right? So like Scott Stevens is a perfect example. That guy fucking killed people, right? He was right? trying to, but but it was but it was also legal, right? Like at the time, yeah. that was legal. Like he wouldn't play more than two seasons today because he would be suspended oh, gosh, for yeah. a season and a half every year, right? But but it but they've changed how the game is called and how the game is played. And so you have to adapt, right? Like, and, and Scott Stevens probably would have eventually adapted, 
But like you put a guy in a bad spot, there's only so much that you can lay that on the defensive player, right? Like I'm going there to hit this guy and now you put him in a bad spot. And so now I hit him in a, in a way that makes it even worse. Like there's only so much of that. That's actually my fault. Yeah. That was a weird hit because it was kind of hard to tell whose fault it was, you know? Um, Right. It it really, I, I saw the replay of it, the replay and it, it does leave open the question like, well, whose fault was it? You know, like it, and like you said, intention comes in, and that kind of makes it more complicated. See, and I think, and on that one, right? Like, I think so. And this is why I think it's good that they take that out of the referee's hands and it goes into the league's hands and the whatever and watch the replay forty-seven times and all that kind of stuff, right? Like, as a referee, you're on the ice, you're seeing it right now, right? Like, you're just reacting, right? And so, right. like, let that go to somebody else. But again, like if it's if it's close enough for there's a question of was there actually intent there or did the guy put himself in a bad position? Like that has to to a certain extent go on to the defensive player, right? Like, and even it, I mean it's even that way right now in college hockey, right? Like, it, it, and it has been for years. Is that like we're told as referees, you call if it's a potential like so. Now we're going to get into the semantics of a game misconduct versus a game disqualification. And now there's different rule books and all that kind of stuff. And what does what one mean versus the other? But like in college hockey, like we're told to call a game misconduct, which means in college, you're just done for that game. And then subsequently, the league will review it and they'll kick them out longer. So the only time that we're ever told to give a guy a DQ on the spot is if we are a thousand percent positive that that's the right penalty because because they can't because they can't go backwards right like the problem is they can't go back yeah but they can go forwards yeah that makes sense um we are we're coming up on our time here and i think the appropriate steps would be to have you back probably a few times maybe with Corey's neighbor uh, so you guys can rehash them. We'll <laughs> Bring Matt Marlin in too. We can, re- you know, we can make it oh, interesting. He he said he'll only appear with Victor Tikhanov now. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, our yeah, like, former guest Josh are starting to pick who, who they will or will not talk to. Uh, but yeah, so in the in the waning moments, is there anything mean you want to say about Minot or or Canadian fans? <laughs> you, you can be the whole country if you want. Or well, just- so. So here's so here's the deal with Minot. So we don't love Minot. Right. Minot's got problems. Yeah. Right. But I will say whoever their goalie was two years ago is a phenomenal human being. Him and I had a very good conversation while I was standing in the upper deck and he was right below us. And the best comment that he made was we're down they were down six rip, and he goes, it would be way worse if I wasn't in net. And I agreed with him. Like yeah. he was legit. He was honest. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Mad guy. Uh I bet they have good ref groupies though. I'm just guessing. Uh so so here's the thing about refing and my not. Okay. If that's where we're gonna go here. So we have, so we got, so Mike Schmidt, good guy, Minot guy, right? He's been a 
coordinator and an evaluator for referees for a long time in the WCHA and now in the NCHA. Um, and Thor Nelson, who was a linesman in, in the NHL for a long time, who was actually one of my instructors out in New York. Good guys. But, man, my net's got some refing issues. I don't know what the hell the problem is out there. It's just um, call, the, call the game from the bench. They just yell at the guys. Correct. And, and, and if you try to call the game from the stands, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Not that I, 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 might, I, may, I may or may not know that from experience. Okay. Or, if you, or if you stand in front of the uh, warm room glass and try to call the game. <laughs> like, you yell that. Not that that's ever happened. You might have them knocking on the glass for a significant amount of time. And we just kind of go, "Eh, eh, we're not going to move. We're the guys with the headphones. Right. How about you come out to where it's colder and you can see the game? (laughs) But uh, I will say the the best thing about Canada is Saskatchewan. Oh. Uh, Total boo. I listened earlier. I just I just won whatever bet Corey and I did not have, but I just won. One hundred percent boo. I'll buy you a Coors Light. I hate you. Yeah. It was literally going to be the next question. I was going to ask how to pronounce the name of the province between Manitoba and Alberta, and you anticipated it like a good rep. Like well, a good well, the, well, the best thing is if I wouldn't have listened earlier, I actually wouldn't have even had any idea what fucking province that was. So, <laughs> and I probably and I probably would. And I probably want to call it a state. It's fine too. I mean, nobody cares, right? There, so there was there was an interview. I can't remember. I, it was a man. I, I know it was a Mankato player. And Mankato gets a lot of their guys from Canada. I yeah. think they still do. Yeah. And there was a like an after game interview, and the reporter person asked him a question about something, some other Wisconsin or some other state. In in uh, in in America, and the guy he 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 referenced the state as a province, and it's like hundred percent a Canadian. Oh yeah, that's, that's a no no. Americans don't like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what? You covered that in grade six. You should know better. Random Canadian. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, your Canadian is showing sixth grade. <laughs> so close. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We get there. We get there. So close. Uh. Corey, you want to take it on home for us? Yeah, I will. Uh, so I promised a review of Yup Light. Uh, I will tell you, Yup Light tastes like Bush Light slept with its cousin in Minot. You can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I, I'm behind it so far. And I, Kyle, <laughs> you are definitely behind it. Um, second thing on my list tonight to close her out, uh, just so you don't know, for those at home, we are now the 154th rated hockey podcast on Apple. So how many hockey cheers, podcasts are on? <laughs> yeah, hey, like John. 154 out of how many, Corey? I I don't, that's not important. Probably 155. We don't want to know. Right? Yeah, that's, but, that's, but that 155th one sucks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, tough not to. So, uh, okay, well, Josh, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate that. Uh, another 90 minutes of really pretty good content. Love it. Yeah. I had fun. It was great. But I appreciate you joining us and uh, we'll have it out tomorrow and good night, everyone. Great. Good night. Thanks, Josh. See you guys. Thanks, guys.